This morning that uh, I was going to be talking about fathers, and I was going to be, you know, based on Father's Day today, I'm going to be talking about characteristics that fathers have, and I know probably what you're thinking, what does he know about being a father? I don't know anything. I'm not a dad, um, but I had a pretty, I have a pretty good one, and he showed me some stuff. I've seen fathers in this church um, exhibit these characteristics before, but the thing, and the thing is, the only thing I really know about being a father besides what I see is what I read. And I don't think there's any better example of these fatherly characteristics that I'm going to talk about today than what God exhibits himself. And I think us as men in here and as future father and fathers out there, I think that we should mold our fatherhood after our heavenly father. Because these characteristics that I'm pointing out today are from God. These are characteristics that God exhibits towards us in the way that he treats us as his sons and daughters. And there's no better person. There's no more perfect example than our God. We're not going to be really going over this particular scripture today, but kind of a theme scripture that I had for this. And we'll hit it now, and I want to end with it. It's 1 John 3 verse 1. And I'm going to kind of go into verse 2 a little bit too. It says, see what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. The reason why the world does not know us is that it did not know Him. Beloved, we are God's children now. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you just now, Lord, and we thank you. We thank you that you call us your children. Lord, that we have the opportunity to come to you as our dad. That, Lord, we can come to you that you are the one that protects us. You are the one that guides us. You are the one that sets an example for us. And, Lord, even when we screw up, just like we sang this morning, there's nothing can separate that love that you have for us. A love that is unconditional. A love that goes on forever, no matter what. Lord, that is the ultimate characteristic of a father. And Lord, this morning, I ask you, Lord, that you empty me of myself and fill me with your Holy Spirit to deliver the message that you have for the fathers out there today. Lord, that you are going to tell us how you are our father and that that is how we are to father our children. Lord, we thank you and we love you. In your heavenly name we pray, amen. Now, before the uh, ladies in the audience think that they're getting a Sunday off, No, I want you guys to keep note because ultimately, you know, I went to two weddings yesterday and I'm not a big wedding fan. I went to two weddings yesterday and that's probably more, I went to more weddings yesterday than I've been in the last two years. I'm just not, not mushy guy like that. But I noticed in the weddings, in both weddings, there was something that was brought up and it was accountability and how the wife is supposed to be accountable to the husband and the husband accountable to the wife. So this morning, Wives, you guys have kind of a blueprint of how your husband is supposed to father your children. So you guys can see this, and, you know, if they're messing up, be like, that's not what God said. You know, so that's you guys' job here this morning, is to listen and try to keep intact of how these are being exhibited by your husband. And fathers and men out there who are going to be future fathers, you guys, we're going to be hitting this this morning. Some of you may fall into the category, you may think, I'm doing really well at this characteristic. And then maybe another characteristic comes around, and you think, man, maybe I don't do as well in this one. But this morning, we're going to be talking about how these are 
characteristics, like I said, that God exhibits, and God is perfect, so God exhibits all these very well, and us, I guarantee you, if I, you know, and I'm sure my dad doesn't care that I say this, but my dad hasn't been the perfect dad the whole life. I guarantee you, you guys out there are looking back on the way that you've raised your children or are raising your children now, and you can say that you're not the perfect father. But as long as we're trying our best and we're striving for the best, that's what God asks to follow in these footsteps of what the foundation of fatherhood that he has set up for us. So if you looked at your message notes, I, I titled this the five P's of fatherhood. And the only reason I, started, I named it the five P's is because I started listing characteristics and a majority, a majority of them started with P. So then the ones that didn't start with P, I tried to find synonyms that matched with that that started with P. So we can kind of Keep that, keep that list going of the P's. And the, so the first one on the list is uh, precedent. And no, not president, because I, I said this to somebody, and they're like, dads are supposed to be presidents. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about precedent. And the definition of precedent is the example. It's the what becomes in the beginning, okay? Um, you know, I, I'm a teacher, so whenever you're doing worksheets or something, there's always a precedent problem. It's always the problem that's right at the beginning that shows you how they want it done and how you're supposed to do it. So I figured, perfect. Us as fathers need to be examples. Examples. Uh, one of my, you know, you, you think about uh, country songs. I don't know if anybody listens to country music in here, but there's that song that talks about um, the father and the son, and they're, they're driving in the car, and, you know, he hits the brakes, and his, his french fries go everywhere, his Happy Milk goes everywhere, and he says a bad word that he's heard his dad say before. And the father's kind of struck back by that. So then the father goes into his room the next, that night, and he gets down on his hands and knees, and he's praying to God, give me, give me the wisdom, give me the example that I'm supposed to set for my son. And then he goes into his son's room, and he sees his son down on his hands and knees praying, and he said he was praying like his dad. So ultimately, kids mimic what you do as fathers. Most of us grow up to be exactly like our dads. So the, father, the example that the father is setting is how we're supposed to live life, right? You know, a father that, a father that, bring, that comes to church every Sunday, it's going to become instilled into the kid's head that church is something that we're supposed to do. A father that is reading his Bible every day and getting in the scriptures and praying every day, kids are going to see that that's just what we're supposed to do. That's what dad does. If I would ask anybody in here today, any child in here, they would say that the person they look up to the most is their father. Their father sets the example. And how does God do that for us? Well, that's where I'm going to bring up my first scripture. And it's going to be 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1 Corinthians 11.1. It says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. If we are being imitators of Christ, because Christ has set an example, and ultimately, that's kind of what this is going to be molded around today. That we're looking at the example of how God exhibits these fatherly characteristics towards us, therefore we are to mimic them. The other scripture I have is 1 John 2.6. Gives us another example. In 1 John uh, 2.6 says, Whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in in the same way in which he walked. Now this is talking more than just fathers. This is talking us as general uh, believers of God. If we are supposed to abide in him and we are to be followers of God, we are to walk in the way that God walked. 
Jesus walked here on earth living a perfect life, demonstrating how we are to walk. Therefore, we are to imitate that. This is what God is asking us here. And 1 Peter 2, verse 21 says, For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you may f- might follow in his steps. So fathers, if you're sitting there, and you're sitting there this morning, and you're thinking, man, my dad didn't set me a very good example of how I should raise my kids. I've seen that so many times before. I've seen fathers that say, you know, that maybe they come from a home where the dad wasn't present, or the dad um, just acted in a way that probably wasn't God-glorifying. We don't have to use that as an example because God has set us the example in here. He sent us Christ to walk the earth, to live in our shoes, to be the example that we are to live not only for God but for our children. So that's the first thing that, I want, that we want to talk about today is the precedent. Are you being a good example for your children? Okay. The second thing we want to talk about is uh, I put friend, but I had to switch it because of the P, you know, the P thing we're going with. So I put pal, pal, you know. And what I'm talking about, we're talking about a dad has to be a good friend, okay? I've seen fathers before that um, tried to be too good of friends with their kids. And then maybe they're um, hanging with them and just kind of letting the kids do what they want to do because they don't want them to get mad. That's not what I'm talking about here when I talk about friends, okay? If I'm looking at my friends and why I call people friends... Those are people I can go to. Those are people I can talk to about anything with. Those are people I trust. Those are people that are going to tell me when I'm doing wrong. Those are people that love me. Those are people that I can be around. As fathers, we are to be friends to our children. How many of us in here today can honestly look, look at our dads and say, we're best friends? Me and my dad, we, we, if you know anything about my dad and my friends and my family, I'll know this is true. My dad loves to talk on the phone. And he will call me four times, not in a day, four times in a matter of ten minutes sometimes. And I love it. It gets annoying sometimes, and I've told him that before, but I love that he wants to keep that communication with me. He, 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 he is one that he loves to find out what I'm doing uh, how, what the score was. If I play softball, he'll call me. Hey, how'd the game go? Oh, we won. How'd you do? You know, I'll tell him. What was the score? And he just asks question after question after question after question because he's trying to build that friendship together. And then he gets mad. Like if I have uh, Eric and, the, and John and them guys over to watch a ball game and dad doesn't get the invite to come watch the ball game. But, you know, it, 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 it's, a, it's a good line. We have a good friendship that we like to develop. Well, Sometimes I think that we forget this aspect of God because God is, God is to be a highly exalted, glorified God and that we uh, are supposed to be God-fearing too and that we're supposed to respect the power that God has. But did you know that as powerful as God is, He wants to be our friend. He desires a relationship with us that is just like a friend, a friend relationship that you would have. God wants you to trust Him. God wants you to tell him things. God wants you to uh, spend time with him. God wants to help you out in any situation that you have in life. And he gives us so many scriptures about developing a friendship with him. And if God wants to develop a friendship with him, that blows my mind because here is the almighty ruler of the entire universe 
He wants to be my friend. That shows a perfect fatherly characteristic. Let me show you some of the, some of the scriptures. James, James 2, verse 23 uh, says, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteous, and he was called a friend of God. He was called a friend of God. We talked about that story the other day and how Abraham ultimately had to trust God with his life. He had to trust God with his, with his son's life, and he, he knew that God would not lead him astray. So when he went through with what, he, what God had told him to do, he was then counted as righteous, and he was considered a friend of God. A friend of God. Another scripture we have is uh, John fifteen fifteen. It says, no longer do I call you servants, for the servant does not know what his master is doing, but I have called you friends for all that I have heard. Okay? This is God. This is Jesus talking here. He, he, he doesn't call servants. He calls us friends for all that he has heard. Jesus, whenever he was here on earth, we understand that Jesus came to earth, he took on human flesh, and Jesus was the most friendly guy you've ever met. He would, he would talk to anybody. He would go over here and talk to the tax collectors and the prostitutes. And he'd come over here and he'd talk to uh, people like doctors and high people here. Jesus was being a friend. I think we lose that aspect sometimes of God's relationship with us. It's the aspect of friendship. And if God is going to exhibit friendship to us as he is our father in heaven, then why shouldn't fathers exhibit that friendship towards their sons or daughters? Sometimes a father can be so disciplinary and they can set rules and they're constantly getting down on their kids or trying to get after them and, you know, do th- different things like that. And then I've seen before whenever fathers are like that, the kids seem to be turned away. And the kids don't feel like that they can go to their dad with whatever issue they're struggling with because they feel like dad's just going to get mad. And not that, not that it's wrong for a dad to get mad, but to ultimately write a child off Imagine if our Heavenly Father wrote us off whenever we would come to Him with things that we've done wrong. We have a Heavenly Father who is forgiving, a Heavenly Father who understands, a Heavenly Father who wants to have a relationship with us. And it's a two-way street. We have to seek a relationship with God, and God seeks one with us. And it's the same way with fathers and sons and daughters. You have to have a relationship of a friendship that is ultimately built on trust, love, and security. The third thing I have here is uh, protector. God is our protector. Okay, you think about protecting, and you can think of, you can start thinking of many different terms of protecting, but I, that was one that just ultimately came to my mind. How many times in our lives have we been protected by our dads? I have been protected by my father so many times, so many times, even if I was in the wrong, dad sometimes sticks up for me. And, you know, ultimately we both lose, but he sticks up for me in that situation. Um, keeping them from danger. I'm going to bring it up again because Jim was making fun of me this morning, but um, I have car issues all the time. I brought it up here from the pulpit before and, uh, Dad is constantly calling me, checking on my car. Hey, did you check your tires? Did you check the oil? Did you check this? Did you check this? Let's check this. He wants to protect me from danger that could happen. Well, ultimately, the other day, me and Seth were driving down the road, and we had a wreck. And um, now I don't have a picture, but if you've seen the yellow banana thing parked over at my house right now, that's what I'm driving. Um, 
but dad is always trying to protect me from certain things like that with my car. Um, he's trying to protect me from asking me to, okay, like if I'm going to St. Louis to a ball game and we're coming home late, dad's always calling, hey, make sure somebody stays awake, you know, right beside you. You know, uh, it says, teaches them what is right and what is safe. Okay, that's how another thing, how dad has protected me. Dad has told me before many different times, hey, this is, this is you got to be safe with this situation. You can't go here because that's a dangerous place. Um, do this, do this, do this. And ultimately, dad, a lot of times will say, hey, I used to do this, wasn't safe, don't do that. You ever had situations like that? That's how dad likes to teach me different things. And ultimately, he's, he's just trying to protect me all the time. And, you know, as fathers, we only have so much power over protection that we have over our families and over our children. But ultimately, we try the, as hard as we can to protect them. And does God protect us? You better believe he does. I can't, I can't even recall how many times God has laid his protecting hand over me. In different situations that I've been in, um, God has been there. And God tells us that he is going to continue to be there. In John 16, verse 33, God said, I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. If that is not the ultimate protection that we could have, I don't know what is. Our Father in heaven is protecting us all the time because guess what? He has overcome the world. So it tells us that no matter what we go through, no matter what strife, no matter what tribulation, no matter what circumstance, God has overcome it. And God is working in our lives to continue to protect us from those situations. God has never faced a situation with any of his sons or daughters that he hasn't been able to tackle. God sees situations that we may see monstrous, and he sees them as little, just a little bitty hump in the road that we're going towards. God is protecting us all the time. Another scripture is Ephesians 6, verse 10 through 8. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. I'll find this one here. This is a long one. I've been reading up there. Ephesians, if you have your Bibles, Ephesians 6, 10 through 8. Ephesians 6, 10 through 8 says, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as the shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication to the end, keep alert, and with perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. I talked to an individual the other day who prays that every single morning that he wakes up. Every single morning he prays the armor of God onto himself. Because I don't know if you guys understand this or not, but we are being attacked every single day, whether we know it or not. Satan is constantly trying to throw temptations at us to try to get us off track so then 
God cannot have us. But if we are wearing the armor of God, and we are staying in the word, and we are praying, and we are talking with him, and God is a part of our lives, and he is protecting us, then there is nothing, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God. It told us a while ago that he has overcome the world. He has overcome everything. He has overcome any temptation that Satan is going to throw at you. Anything that is going to come into your life, God has taken care of. And it is our job to allow God to protect us. So this morning, what I want to do is talking about protection and talking about how, uh, you know, fathers should protect their kids. But I want to talk about how we need to let God protect us. We need to put on our full armor of God every single morning looking for situations that may lead us astray, looking for situations in our life that we can see Satan maybe trying to creep in and try to blow up and understand that God is working. God is protecting us. 1 John 5.18, it's the last one I have on protecting. He says, we know that everyone who has been born of God does not keep on sinning, but he who has been born of God protects him and the evil one does not touch him. If we are true believers of God and we are constantly trying to get sin less and less and less in our lives and we are striving to be, striving for a relationship that is beyond measures with him, God promises to protect us. And the evil one cannot touch us. Do you guys know that that's, that you guys, I, I want to make sure that I, this, I truly believe this, that Satan cannot do anything to us that we do not allow. Because God is protecting us all the time and it's when we let our guard down and we start walking in a way that may be not the way we're supposed to be going, that's when Satan gets us. It's when we make ourselves vulnerable and we choose to not put on the armor of God or we choose not to follow God and we choose to go off another way. That's when Satan can attack us. But when we stay in the faith and the shield and the protection of our Lord and Savior, there's nothing, nothing that can hurt us. So we've talked about being the president, the pal, the protector. And the next word we have is the provider. The provider. Fathers who are out there today, you understand that it is your job to provide for your family. That, you know, you get a job and that you uh, make sure that there's money, that you can buy a house, you can buy food, you can buy clothes. You can provide your family with whatever they need in order to get through life. That is, our, that is your job, okay? And as we talk about that this morning, I, wanna, I talked about some different, I listed four different categories of how fathers provide for their families. And it is financially, lovingly, physically, and providing wisdom, okay? And we're talking about financially, like I said, getting a job, having a job where you can financially support and su- provide for your family um, physically by giving them food, by giving them clothes, by giving them a house to live in, Lovingly, showing them love. That's, uh, providing love is the most important thing a father can do to, for his children. And we're going to talk about that here um, more in a bit. But providing is huge. Providing wisdom. Constantly sharing with your children different uh, things that you're learning that God's teaching you. Different things in your life that you have come to that you want to teach your children about so they don't have to make the same mistakes that you've made. Different things that you've encountered in your life that you know you can help your child with. That are some of the things that we can provide. And God also provides for us. Philippians 4, verse 19. 
says, And my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory of Christ Jesus. God is supplying everything that we need. When we are sitting at home and we think that we don't have enough, or we think that we need uh, a bigger TV, or we think we need more channels, or we think we need uh, more food, we need to understand that God has supplied us with everything, every need, in order so we can get through life. God is supplying for us. You can t- you, we can go on and on and on about stories about how God has provided in times of need. But I don't think that there's ever been a time where somebody was in need. It was a believer and loved God and they needed something and God provided it. Maybe not in the way that they thought it was going to be provided, but God provided them in some way, shape, or form. Matthew 6 Verses 31 to 32 says, Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? Verse 32, For the Gentiles seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows what you need, and he knows what, that you need them all. Sometimes we, sometimes we sit and we think that God doesn't know what we need, and God, you know, God, I, I need this, and I can't get through life without it, and if you don't give it to me, I'm not sure how I'm going to... I'm not sure how I'm going to last. And we kind of we underestimate God's wisdom. We kind of underestimate God's power in our lives. And we start thinking, man, come on, God. Start giving me some stuff. Start giving me some stuff. But God says he knows what we need. He will supply us with every need. And then we talked about providing that love in Romans 8. Romans 8, 35 to 39 shows us exactly what that providing that love is. And it says, verses 35 to 39, Alex read it this morning. It says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No one, no, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels nor rulers nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love that God has in Christ Jesus our Lord. That is a love that is provided to us that is far greater than anything we ever need in this life. A love that is provided to us that it's no matter what, no matter what comes up in our lives, God's love is persistent. God's love is constant. God's love is unending and that is the love that God provides us and that is the love that fathers should supply their kids we are to love like God loves us and if fathers if you are here this morning and maybe you're struggling to love your kids understand that no matter what they're doing no matter what they're going through you are to love them because if God would stop loving us for something that we did we'd all be in trouble but he chooses through Christ Jesus to love us no matter what. And then we're talking about uh, providing wisdom. God provides wisdom to us all the time. In James uh, 1, verse 5, he says, If any one of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Seeking wisdom. Yeah, talk, I talked to you all ago about how fathers tell kids about different stuff that they may have tackle in their lives and they may think, oh, well, I'm going to teach them this so they don't have to walk through it. Do you not understand that God provides that wisdom to us? God uh, gives us a 
textbook on life and how we are to live our lives and how we are to accomplish everything in our lives, no matter what comes up, God has given us chapters, verses, books, His spoken word of how we are to overcome anything that we, con- that we face in life. That is wisdom beyond anything that we can ever imagine here on earth. God provides that wisdom. The last thing I want to talk about is one of the most important things I find about fatherhood. And it is being present. A present father. Let me read you some statistics that I found on the internet about um, fatherless homes. 43% of U.S. children live without their father. So 43% of the children in the United States live without their father. 90% of homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes. 80% of rapists motivated with dis- displaced anger come from fatherless homes. 71% of pregnant teenagers lack a father. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. of children who exhibit behavioral disorders come from fatherless homes. 90% of adolescents repeat arsonists have no father. 71% of high school dropouts come from fatherless homes. 75% of adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from fatherless homes. 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. 85% of youth in prison grew up in fatherless homes. Fatherless boys and girls are twice as likely to drop out of high school, twice as likely to end up in jail, four times more likely to need emotional or behavioral problems. Fathers are important. Fathers are important. Now, I'm not to say, some of you may, if, may, may be here today and didn't have a dad growing up. Or maybe you're in here today and you may not have a father. But what this is talking about is a fatherless person. And if you're in here today, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason why anybody should be fatherless. Because there's a father in heaven who is present all the time. And how do I know that? He tells us. Joshua 1 verse 9 says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 says, be strong and courageous. Do not fear or do be dread of them for it is the Lord your God who goes with you and he will not leave you or forsake you. Matthew 28 verse 20 The Great Commission says, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. God is omnipresent. He is with us all the time. Every situation, God is there. When we feel like there is nobody around, nobody to talk to, nobody to help us with any situation, our Heavenly Father is there. He is present in our lives. This morning, as we talked about the five P's of fatherhood, we talked about being a president, talking about being the example for your children, setting a godly example, following the ultimate example that God has given us. 
in Christ Jesus to live our lives as closely lined up as how Jesus led his and ultimately using that to guide our children. Being our children's pal. Being open to discuss things with them. Being open to trust them. Being open to uh, be willing to just sit with them. Developing a relationship with our children. That is how God does it with us. He desires a relationship. He desires a friendship with us. And that is what we are to do as fathers, to be the protector of your family and be the protector of your children. Have it, trying to make them as safe as possible. Try to, keep, try to keep them away from bad things as much as possible. God does that with us by paving out a path that we can walk down, by giving us his scripture to tell us what is right and wrong to what we should stay away from. Being our provider, fathers providing financially, physically, lovingly, Uh, providing wisdom, different things like that. That is what God does for all of us. He provides for all of our needs. And any time of the day, God is providing for all of us. And ultimately, just being present. Be active in your child's life. Be present in their life. Be there whenever they're having their big moments. Because ultimately, being present could ultimately lead a child away from the different statistics that I just read. If God was not present with us in our lives, and we can probably all think back to a time that God wasn't a part of our lives, and a part of our lives um, we lived not living for God, and God was absent in our life because we chose to not let him in. And we can think back to how those days compared to how we are now. We may have been that person that may be going down the wrong path because we didn't have a heavenly father present in our lives. But when we let God in and we let God start working in us and we let God start providing for us and we let God start being our pal and we let God start protecting us and we let God start being our example, we ultimately can look to him as children of God and say, you are our heavenly father. And he can look down to us and say, you are my children who I love, who I am pleased with, who I am proud of. And ultimately leading up to spending eternity with our Father in heaven. I said I was going to end with it and I'm going to end with it. 1 John 3 verse 1. 1 John 3 verse 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us that we should be called children of God. See the love that he has given to us that we can be called children of God. I screw up. You guys screw up. But it doesn't doesn't disqualify us for being his children because his love is so great that he wants to have a relationship with you. And this morning, fathers, I hope that this kind of sets a guideline of how you look at how God is a father to us. You can look at that and you can say, okay, I'm going to start being a godly father to my kids. I'm going to start setting an example for my kids so when they grow up, they know how to parent. How when they grow up, they know that God is important. And how you establish different things in your life that are building up to a great godly man or woman. Fathers, we have a lot of responsibility on our hands. You heard the statistics. But know 
that you are not alone. And that God has gave us an example. And if we follow that example, we too can be good, godly fathers. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now, Lord. And Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we thank you for that love that you talk about in 1 John 3, 1, Father. That love that, that love that you have for us that we can be called children of God. That love that you gave to us, that sacrificial love where you sent your own son here on earth to die on the cross so that we can be covered for all of our blemishes, for all of our sinful uh, desires, for all of our uh, awful motives, for all of that stuff, God. You sent your son to cover that up so then therefore you can look at us and we too can be adopted into your family and be adopted into the heavenly realms, Father God, and we can spend eternity with you and we can look to you and call you Daddy. And Lord, I just pray this morning, Lord, as as you set that example for how a father should be because you are a father to us, Lord, I hope that the fathers in here today look at that example that you've set us. Look at that blueprint of fatherhood that you've set up for us and that we can start molding our fatherhood towards, towards you. And then we can start building a generation of good fathers and that these statistics can start going down because fathers are more present. Fathers are seeking relationships with their children. Fathers are loving their children just as you loved us. Lord, be with us. Protect us. Guide us in the way that you want us to go in that situation. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In your heavenly name we pray. Amen.